to you in peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. From beautiful Hotel Candelaria in Antigua, Guatemala, my name is Sean Smith, and on behalf of myself and my beautiful wife, Don Maurice, hello. Welcome to Now is the Time. Coming to you from the beautiful Hotel Candelaria in Antigua, Guatemala, it is my privilege to welcome to the Mobile Pro Podcast Booth Stove Crew Number 4 and the Donations Team. I'm Daryl Darnell, your host for today's episode, and I'm going to have everybody introduce themselves, starting with my left. Sure. I'm Heather Hyman from Columbia, South Carolina. I'm Haley Hyman from Columbia, South Carolina. I'm Nancy Peabody from San Jose, California. I'm Michael Behrens Van Heest from Madison, Wisconsin. Christine Butcher, Clarkston, Michigan. Landon Butcher from Clarkston, Michigan. Jendi Nice, Calif- uh, Campbell, California. Hi, I'm Judy Higa from Los Angeles, California. So we have a full room here. This is, uh, I think, the fourth episode that I've hosted. I also recorded one Monday night, and this is the fullest room we've had. So let's dig in. I want to actually turn the uh, the microphone over first to our four newcomers, our first-timers to um, Now's the Time for Missions, and ask you, what's the one thing that surprised you most about your mission trip to Guatemala so far? We're about halfway through the week or getting close to that Anything different than what you expected it might be or thought it might be like? I know for me, and this is Heather, I felt um, like impressed in a positive way that I had heard so many great things about this mission trip from other friends that had come on it. But the reality is knowing that we're coming to a country that's far from home, I've been, um, I guess my expectations have been exceeded regarding the organization on how everything of course there are things that come up but it just seems almost like this well-oiled machine that has so many great leaders under like the cooperation and um, connection with Sean that it just makes it all not only um, functional and from a process of being effective and staying on timelines but just really efficient and that's that's a good thing yeah Yeah. anyone else all right that's fine um i am curious about the donation team you talked about a well-oiled machine heather so all of us when we come down we bring these big bags of donations that have uh Clothing from all sizes, you know, some of it are undergarments for the kids and some of it are outer garments for the kids. There's some hygiene products. There's some arts and crafts supplies. And and, and that has to get sorted by size, by gender, and then figured out how it's going to get distributed. And I don't know how that works. So how does that work? You take all of the donations that all of us bring, and we, we all help a little bit with this sort, but I don't want to take an ounce of credit for what you guys do. So what happens after we, we bring it in, and what's your process like? And, and tell me also about the lives that you're seeing touch, because we'll go into a home of three you know families a day if we're lucky, and we'll see maybe 100 kids at VBS, but you're seeing hundreds of families as you're handing out these donations. So... 
Uh, I'll just throw it out there. It's a big question. I'm just an innocent person here trying to figure out what your process and what your day is like. Well, it's very technical. We open the bags and start taking stuff out. (laughs) (laughs) And we just, we have all the tables, you know, for those of you who have seen the donations room, we have all the tables set up. We, um, Jendi, Judy, and I, we talk about, okay, now where's the baby section? Where's the boy section? Where's the girl section? So we figure that out first and try to figure out a flow. And usually it's not a great flow. We usually get a very small room and you just do the best that you can. Um, and it always works. And then we start taking things out. We kind of go by the sizes, but because every manufacturer has a different size for that number, you know, this is a size 10 and it really, instead of a medium, it really looks like a large. So we base it a lot of times, except for the babies, Jendi really has that whole system down by, by age. Um, but we basically go by, um, if something looks small, grade school age, if something looks middle school age, and if something looks high school age. Mm. So we separate everything, we fold it, we try to make it look presentable, and um, try to make it as efficient as possible. Uh, and then after that day is done, the next day we leave on the early bus, and we get at the site at 7 o'clock, and at 7 o'clock we start opening up things again, and restocking everything, and then we open up about 9 o'clock, and we start all over again. So Judy, Jendi, and I, we do the clothing, and there's always a volunteer that does the shoes because the shoes can be a little bit more time-consuming and uh, having somebody that speaks Spanish. I mean, Judy speaks Spanish, and she's very essential to us in the clothing area as people ask questions. And um, once they get their shoes, then they're, they're pretty much done. The goal is to give... New underwear, new socks, um, pair of pants, at least, usually we like to give at least a couple of shirts or blouses, um, brassieres for the girls, they can pick one out, and hopefully there's enough jackets or sweaters they can have a jacket or sweater. So that's the goal. Sometimes we don't have that, and if we're missing a size on something, we let them pick more of something else. So they, they do have quite a bit. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I, I When we rolled up in front of Corazon de los Niños yesterday, there was a line of about 100 mm-hmm. families yeah. yes. down mm-hmm. the block. Yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, and, and it just, I mean, we, this is my second year here. Last year when I came, it was a very, very small group. This mm-hmm. group is two and a half times the group that I was with last mm-hmm. year. So, which means that donations we were able to bring mm-hmm. for, for that time we were here was much smaller. So when we rolled up yesterday, our first full day of installing stoves, you guys have been at work for two hours already, mm-hmm. as you just said, and the families are, it's nine o'clock, as you just said, nine o'clock is when you start handing those mm-hmm. things out. That's also when we show up, and the line was down the block of these families just waiting to get blessed by you guys. It was, I, all of us were just like, wow, it was, it was amazing. It and, was amazing. And they do start lining up at seven, mm-hmm. and nobody complains. And you rarely hear the kids say anything either. The kids never whine about waiting for hours mm-hmm. or they just, you know, find something to do and wait till it's their turn. Mm-hmm. 
Let's let's talk about that, and this would be a good question for everybody, whether you're a first timer or a veteran, um, whether you're a stove crew or donation crew. Let's talk about the attitude and the culture that we that we see here among the Guatemalan people. Um, and I'd love to have maybe some of our, our noobs uh, answer it first. But what has struck you maybe about the, or what is it about the Guatemalan culture that that stands out to you? Anything? Everyone is so thankful and friendly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I when I have a worker come in my home uh-huh. back in the United States, right? We're friendly, of course. Hi, welcome. But then we pretty much leave them to do their thing. Yeah. And I'm just struck with how interested they are in what we're doing, how quick they are to offer a tool or to just be right in the mix of it. And I just think that's really neat. Yeah. I know today during VBS, when I was helping with crafts, and we have, of course, so many volunteers, right? And sometimes it seems like, oh, all the other volunteers are down there. But it's just something that was as simple as I was passing out for almost like cupcake holder things to each child. And without asking, with no prompting, no like eye contact that I hope I didn't look distressed. (laughs) I think I had a smile on my face, like this little girl that was maybe seven or eight years old. And she came up to me and she spoke no English, but she was basically like, let me help you. And I'm just like, it just like caught me off guard for a second. And I'm like, sure. (laughs) And she just had the biggest smile on her face. And it almost was like it brought her just as much joy to know that she was being like a help to what was actually happening at the VBS. And here we are trying to create this like fun craft experience for them. And it just seemed like it felt very natural for her to just come over and just like want to just chip in. Yeah. That's a great story. I think the one thing I notice a lot about everyone here is that they're so gracious Mm-hmm. You know, the smallest thing we do, you know, just giving somebody socks, it's like they're just so gracious and appreciative. And everybody that walks out the door after their donation, you know, says, God bless you. And, and you know, we're, where in the United States do you go and people will say, God bless you every single time they see you? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's different. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Definitely a warmth that is just my first time here I was just overwhelmed Mm. by the warmth of the people and now I'm like yay I get to see them again (laughs) you know and now when you do get to come back you a lot of times we'll go to the same place for a couple of years in a row until their needs have been met and then Mm -hmm. we get to go to new places so if you do come back you can see some of the people you saw the year before and that that's absolutely wonderful to have that recognition and we don't know how to speak to each other but we hug each other we greet each other Mm. and it's really just a wonderful experience it really is Mm -hmm. i love the friendliness i grew up in a very small town i graduated with around 35 people so it was it was small enough where you still wave to people as you Mm -hmm. pass them on the street you know this is that like to the 10th mm-hmm. degree, you mm-hmm. know, everyone speaks to you and, and mm-hmm. tells you to have a good day or mm-hmm. something to that effect. I mean, it's, it's a very friendly place. What about the homes? Um, what are some of the differences that you've observed as you've, I guess this one would be for the stove crew here, um, differences between the homes in Guatemala and the homes that we see in the United States? Anything stick out? Mm. 
Well, of the entire week, I don't know that we've been into a single home that just one family lived there. So mm -hmm. it, it's often you you walk through, I guess, what you call the front yard, and it's often just stepping into a courtyard. There's a series of smaller um, buildings where where the living and the cooking and all of the different parts of the day to day life happen. But it frequently is the case where grandma and grandpa live in one of the shelters, buildings, and then that some of the kids will live some, and there's, there's often several different families usually related living in the same space. And I, I, I certainly don't live that way. And I don't think a lot of us do. So it's, it's very different in that regards to what they call their home and what we call our home look and, and feel very different. And yet in some ways that there's a lot of the same things is that clearly they, they're proud of, of what they have and they're, they're, gracious and, and eager to have you into their house and so it's really neat to you know I was, sometimes I'm struck when I'm here by how different everything is and then other times I'm struck by just kind of how the sameness and some of these universal things of humanity humanity that kind of underlying seem to come out so I know that when we were going on the day where we were kind of learning how to do the stoves, we were combined with another team and someone who has been here for three years in a row. And, of course, it's our first time. He was like, this is like the nicest house I have been in here in three years. And, you know, I'm just going, I'm not sure what to expect on like day two and three because it's like it's a kind of all relative and then, like, today, you know, we were, you know, in a home where the walls were, you know, bamboo and then, like, very old, like, tethered wood mm -hmm. and cracks and holes and openness and cats mm -hmm. and chickens and kittens, like, all within the space of a six-foot table. And, um, and they were so kind. You know, and they were thankful, and it just, you know, it kind of feels like an understatement or so cliche to say, you know, we have so much to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is, um, you know, it's not necessarily the, the things in our lives that bring us the joy that we can have, but it's been so neat being here, being able to be a part of, you know, even just on this stove process being able to add a, a, an easier quality of life, you know, just all the stats on like the smoke, we're helping the smoke go up and out because these people that the homes that we've been in, they are much better cooked than I am. And they're on their stove cooking more than I am. Mm -hmm. um, but just um, their thankfulness for the, these stoves and then just going through the process of saying the prayer together with them and, oftentimes someone in the family is like in tears telling us how thankful they are and it's mm -hmm. just um just neat to be a part of yeah i'm not on a stove team this year but i've been on many stove teams over the years and one of the things i remember the most um was a year that we we're putting stoves in that was quite a ways from the village where you know our our home base was where we were doing donations and that type of thing. And we'd actually walked quite a ways to get there. And the grandmother, I believe she was the grandmother of the home we were putting in the stove. Again, it was a, you know, multi 
generational family situation with lots of um, different little shelters. And she asked me via the translator on our team if I had the same kind of stove as she did at home. Oh, wow. And it was extremely humbling because for her, that was just, you know, so far, the stove we were putting in is just so much greater than anything she's ever used before. And I I just didn't know what to say for a minute. So I told the translator to just tell her, uh, no, mine is, mine is different, but it just, you know, there's, there's such extremes and, in different levels of of types of living here, even, you know, from place to place as we go. And, you know, some have access to technology and television, and some have electricity, and some do not. And some of these older women, they may not have been away from their home to, to see such things. So it was really, it kind of... Blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I don't know how I would respond to that. Yeah, because you're saying that stove, which we think is pretty rudimentary. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 a huge advancement to what they're already cooking right. over. Yeah. But technology-wise, it's very rudimentary. Mm-hmm. And to her, it's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And she's wondering if you've got something just as nice yeah, for you at my house. Yeah, that's mm. incredible. That's a really incredible story. Any other stories of what you've experienced? For you, those I'm glad you shared that. You're not on the stove crew this year. No. You've been here many, many years. Others of you have, Michael, you and the other ladies here. Not that you're a lady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other stories from this week or, or previous experiences here that you'd like to share as you've visited with the, the people of Guatemala? Okay, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. I would like to say okay. something. Yes. I've never been on a stove team, but the stoves are amazing. And how many times in your life can you install something that not only is a time saver for the woman because she doesn't have to search for wood as much every week and she can cook more efficiently, but it immediately improves their health mm-hmm. because the smoke is gone Mm -hmm. so many family members have respiratory issues and eye issues because the smoke settles in that room Mm. that is now gone yeah and you've just you've just um increased the health of every person in that room by putting that stove in i don't know None of you mentioned it, but the first thing I always notice when I walk into a home here is how smoky it is mm-hmm. when we get there. So I don't know if they cleared the their previous stoves out earlier so that uh, the rooms were clear of smoke when you put in the stoves, or mm-hmm. were the houses smoky when you went in? Uh, one we were in today, I noticed I say, they today were still cooking the over an open fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely noticed it's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you wonder how they can live in that all day with that smoke just yeah. all around you. Yeah, the first time we were in today, one of the children had a cough, and it could have mm-hmm. just been anything, but the first thing I thought of was, I wonder if that's caused by smoke inhalation mm-hmm. and if there's some respiratory issues. Um, could have been just, just a common cold like we all mm-hmm. get, but um, we're certainly making a, a better health environment for mm-hmm. them regardless of why the child was coughing. So, 
Let's talk about some people that you've met here, and it could be people on our mission team or people that you've met along your your walking around the city of, well, the various cities and towns we're in here in, in Guatemala. Uh, someone that you don't want to forget uh, as you go back home, maybe to remind yourself of, of how good life is or maybe the friendships that you've made that you hope to keep that connection with, you know, so... Anywhere, like I said, someone here in Guatemala or someone part of the mission team, a relationship or someone you've, you've met that you want to remember. I think the one person that stands out to me is Lillian. I mean, because if it wasn't for Lillian, we wouldn't be here. You know, we're here because of Sean but as well, but if it wasn't for Lillian doing what she's doing, and you know, we wouldn't, none of us would be here helping because there would be no person running it i mean i can't even imagine the things that we don't see that she has to do mm-hmm. behind the scenes and you know the probably seven days a week 24 7 of just thinking of different ways of helping the people in the village and probably never thinks about herself but i just can't imagine i mean i go to work and i come home and i'm like oh i gotta cook dinner it's like i can't even imagine all the different things she has to do so mm-hmm. i really admire her a lot you too. She's the director of Corazon de los Niños, who is helping, you know, coordinate all of our efforts and, and get the families and the children identified. And she never looks tired, does she? She's always she happy. Yeah. yeah. She's incredible. And she'll be either, if she's crying, it's tears of joy, but yeah. she's always happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? I would say the mothers that volunteer, a lot is done before we show up. Mm-hmm. Um and all the volunteers that they have there. And these these women aren't, you know, cutting into their gym time or, or you know, spa treatment or anything like that. A lot of them work, I mean, and they do everything in the home. And some of them have jobs. They're taking care of the kids. And they're devoting a day or that whole week to um, getting everything ready and supporting all the other volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I'm just amazed by that, that they're there and they're, and as far as I'm concerned, I think they do far more work before we get there than what we do. But there, I always enjoy meeting the moms. And mm-hmm. we're mom, moms are moms everywhere. <laughs> You do have that connection. We start talking about our kids, how old they are, how many do you have. So it's it's just a nice connection to make. That's Can I just add one thing yeah. to that? Yeah. It made me think of the moms that we have come in donations. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have a ticket as well for themselves. But a lot of the moms I noticed this week, actually, um, instead of taking clothes for themselves, they're getting that extra ticket and they're just getting the clothes for their children. Mm-hmm. And it's like these moms do so much. And it's like this is their chance. You know, you can get a new pair of underwear or something, but they don't. They get something else for their child. So they really do sacrifice for their children a lot. I had two things just kind of pop in my head. One today I heard as we were getting ready to leave for vacation um, Bible school to come back to where we're staying. I, I loosely heard that the kids were waiting for food. And I didn't know, like, if that was something that who was providing providing the food. And I never saw food. But as we were getting ready to leave to get on the bus, I saw several people with, like, it looked almost like a half of a size of a croissant in, like, a cup. Mm-hmm. And I'm just guessing here, but I saw smoke coming up, and it looked like it was soup. And, you know, and I'm just putting mm-hmm. this together, and I saw lots of people with this. So it's like I just... um 
nobody had a, all we get is soup. Like no one had any, like Mm -hmm. there were just so many people that were just thankful that there was something that was there that they then had as a, Mm -hmm. as a meal Mm -hmm. to eat. Um, And another thing uh, earlier this week that struck me, I was passing out craft paper for um, some, some, what the craft. And I saw these two women that were holding young young children under the ages of one and i'm like okay i know the one-year-old like it's either half asleep or the mom was feeding the baby so i knew the one-year-old was not wanting to do the craft but um one of the women like tapped me on the arm and she was wanting the paper to do the craft Mm -hmm. and then it's like it struck me for just a Mm -hmm. second and everyone kind of it's hard to guess how old people are Mm -hmm. but i was like these um these girls themselves were very likely young, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I just kind of observed them over the next 20, 30 minutes. And they were just like, they were joyfully holding their babies and they themselves as the moms were really enjoying the craft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of them, like the baby was getting a little more squeamish or I word squirmish squeamish moving around <laughs> and I was like can I hold your baby and she was like sure so I was like yay this is a win I get to hold her baby she gets the color <laughs> uh, but anyway it just it just kind of struck me so even mm-hmm. though I was telling Haley I was like if you're passing out crafts today and you see a this young looking mom like I, it won't offend her but make sure that like maybe they want to do the craft too mm-hmm. um, but it was just like this neat um Again, just, you know, we get clothes from home and we involve our communities and we come here Mm -hmm. and we're here and we're meeting all of these people whom we don't know and building connections. But I think sometimes there are so many, maybe these are our core objectives of the things that we're ministering to. And then just little things like that happen. And I'm like... So many more people, I think, are being ministered to than maybe even is like on like our top radar. Mm-hmm. So it's just neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. great story. Any other thoughts on that? Any final thoughts you'd like to share with anyone listening who might be interested in coming for a future mission, mm-hmm. or you want to give a shout out to anyone back home that made it possible for you to be here, or maybe. Didn't get to come this time for for whatever reason? I do. Okay. I want to give a shout out to Christina Nice, my daughter, my youngest daughter in Seattle, Washington. It's her 21st birthday today. And this is the first year in at least probably 10, 12 years that she hasn't been here in Guatemala for her birthday. Mm. Happy birthday, Christina. Happy birthday. birthday. (laughs) And I just want you to know that all we... This week and last week, everybody, the bus drivers, <laughs> the, the hotel staff, the moms, Rosalba today is asking me about you and wanted to know how you were and saying they missed you. And everybody remembered it was your birthday, too. Wow. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's really cool. Stuart mentioned a little bit of that, too. So mm-hmm. both of you guys thinking about your <laughs> yeah. daughter here on her yeah. special day. That's great. Well, Landon and I are just super grateful to Christ the Shepherd Lutheran Church um, for sponsoring us to, to come and have this experience. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was going to say something similar. We, um, for anyone that is interested in coming and finances are any, any hindrance or holdback, I would tell you that your community, I think is, um, more willing to support you than you might give them credit for. And we had, we kind of created this blue jeans for Guatemala, like, campaign that's kind of what right I called it I was trying to make it like simple because I didn't want to get a lot of the wrong donations and I knew that the jeans were durable and I just like made this graphic and I put it on Facebook and I said we have this goal and we'd love for you to join us and we got so many people that helped us financially raise our support but so many people even once we met that support someone from the local newspaper said can we feature you in the newspaper wow. do you have enough jeans yet and I was like, no, we don't have enough jeans. Please put it in the newspaper. And um, what totally just blew me away, I got this um, elderly lady that called from the newspaper. And she was just like, very matter of fact, in like 20 seconds, she was like, my mom just died. I have a lot going on. My health is terrible. But I think what you and your daughter are doing is great. Like, I don't know what PayPal is. Can I can I get your physical address and mail you a check? And I'm like, sure. You know, and I just thought that was so, so sweet. And I was, like, waiting to get a check in the mail for, like, $20. And this person, whom we don't know at all, mailed us a check for $200. Wow. wow. And so we went, I was like, we're going to Target, and we're buying socks and underwear. <laughs> and we, like, filled the basket. And it, That's great. It was just we have so many people back home that helped us be able to get here, awesome. but they are just as much excited to be able to hear us come back and tell mm -hmm. about it. And I'm secretly praying that their hearts might be moved to actually come themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Wow. Well, I think that's a great way to end tonight's podcast. Thank you all mm -hmm. for joining me this evening. And it's been great learning more about your stories and the impact that you're making here in Guatemala. And on behalf of Sean and Damaris, Lillian, and Corazon de los Niños, thank you for your service to our Lord and to his children here in Guatemala. And thank you for sharing your stories on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So that's all the time we have for now from Antigua, Guatemala. If you'd like more information about our mission, team photos, audio podcasts, blog posts, or even YouTube videos, Visit our mission website at nowisthetimeformissions.com. That's nowisthetimeformissions.com. And until next time, this is Sean Smith saying Dios te bendiga. May God bless you. Vaya con Dios, go with God. Pero no inmediatamente.